Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. I'm your host, Phil Swanson, and today I have the Calgarian compadre from TC Energy, my colleague, John McDonald. How are you doing, John? Doing great, Phil. Thanks for having me. Really oh, excited yeah. to be on here today. I, I've been following you on, on LinkedIn and oh, yeah? you know, seeing, seeing some of these podcasts and uh, you know, the, the work that you're doing is, is pretty, pretty phenomenal. Well, thank you, sir. I'm thrilled that you could be on the show today. And, and that's what this show is all about, is really highlighting some of those great leaders that are impacting people day to day in their own circles and, and taking all the good work they're doing and, and letting others in a broader audience be able to hear it. So really, really excited to have you on and wanted to give you an opportunity to tell a little bit about your story. Obviously we met at TC, we started around the same time. We were in the EIT engineering training program and uh, you're up in Calgary, been in, been in Calgary for a while. Tell a little bit about your story and, and just kind of your journey to TC energy and engineering. Sure. Um, well, you know, engineering wasn't really my first choice. Uh, I had, I had, a, I had a, a decision to make back in high school. I don't know if you had, uh, you know, teachers that were saying, you know, what, what does your career planning look like? Ask, answer, you know, 50 questions, and then this is the bucket that you're going to fit into. So, you know, on, on one side, I had management, and on the other side, I had, uh, had engineering as a choice. So I had, I put down both, um, you know, in my, in my application to the university and then, uh, engineering ended up being the first to, to say, Hey, you know, you've been accepted. Um, but, uh, that, that being said, you know, um, I, I, I'd have an engineering mind, you know, when I was a kid, I was always opening stuff up, trying to figure out how things would work. Um, my dad said, you know, if, if the batteries are missing, it's probably because John was into it. And, uh, you know, you know, funny enough, I ended up going into the discipline of electrical engineering. So, um, yeah, I think I've got a curious mind. I, I, I want to know how things tick. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in how people tick too. Um, and I think that's, that's one, uh, one thing that, uh, that, that can really strengthen relationships is understanding, um, you know, how, how other people work, um, not just how, you know, the physical sciences work and how it can be applied, but, uh, you know, how do we, how do we interface with other people? How do we uh, uh, invoke empathy? How do we how do we understand how people tick so we can we can all work together and and uh, solve complex problems? I think it's funny, man. Engineers definitely have the stereotype of not being able to interact well and and communicate well and kind of you know the they have the stereotype of being that introverted you know, not really emotionally intelligent sort of types. And, and you're definitely not that. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that makes you a great leader is your emotional intelligence. And um, I'm really curious too, because I'm always fascinated by people and how they chose engineering. When I was thinking about it, I, my dad was a civil engineer, worked in energy. My older brother was a civil engineer, worked in energy. And look, what do you know, Phil's a civil engineer. And I actually chose civil because I considered it the easiest of the real engineering disciplines, you know, one step up from industrial, I suppose. But um, 
And that's really interesting. And I know you're pretty involved up with the uh, professional engineering association in Canada. Are you not? Uh, you know, I, I go to a lot of the, um, the sessions and, uh, and conferences that they have. So, you know, I, I practice in the province of Alberta. So it's uh, the association of professional engineers and geoscientists, Alberta, and uh, you know, very, very active in, you know, giving feedback, you know, as a, as a member of the profession and, you know, wanting to make sure that, uh, you know, how self-regulation is managed, you know, it's, it's managed by individual engineers and how do we make that, that profession better? So, you know, I've sought to, to sit on some committees and, you know, hopefully that's, that's going to pan out and I can provide some of my, my background and expertise to, to make the profession better. Um, I think, I think at its core, you know, as, you know, engineers that provide, you know, good sound designs for uh, use in the public space. You know, these are these are things that are useful to society. Um, you know, going back to what we do at TC Energy, um, we provide the energy that people need every single day. And there's a lot that goes on in the background to make that happen. You know, the house that I'm sitting in right now, it's uh, it's heated by natural gas. You know, it's close to uh, freezing right now in Alberta. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's the same here um, in Houston. So, um, you know, the, you know, the fact that I, I've got creature comforts in, in my, in my house is it's because that there's natural gas coming to my house. And how do you do that? You've got a, you know, a vast intricate, um, system of, of pipelines to make sure that, you know, producers that are, you know, creating or pulling natural gas from, uh, from, from wells or, or delivering it to, to customers. And that contributes to our quality of life. We get to cook with that natural gas. We get to warm our houses with it. You know, this is where, where families raise their children and, you know, we rely on, on that natural gas. It's used to generate electricity. You know, so, you know, the light bulb that I, I turn on every single morning to, 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 you know, be able to see, to brush my teeth. You know, these are things we don't think about and we rely on them. And, uh, you know, engineers have a huge part to play to make sure uh, that that gets delivered every single day and that reliability is there. Yeah, it's fascinating, man. And and even as an engineer, sometimes I'll just drive around Houston and I look at the infrastructure of all the energy plants. I look at the road systems. You just think about the, the man hours, the countless man hours in not only engineering, but in construction to, to actually make all that stuff happen is absolutely incredible. And I think we're, it's really easy to get kind of short-sighted in your thinking and, and not see that, oh, you know, I don't have natural gas heat in my house. I have electricity. Yeah, well, where'd, where'd that electricity come from? You know, um, it's fascinating. What do you think about the energy transition? I know we're in a time and, and here in Houston, you know, we're TC's part of the Greater Houston Partnership and, and they're talking about uh, Houston being a leader in the energy transition. What are your thoughts on the energy transition and energy outlook for the next few decades? Well, I think that that's a that's an important question. I think it's an important question that everyone's thinking about and you know has has an opinion. Um, uh, I think that the uh, the one thing that we need to focus on is you know what what does society need? You know what 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 do we need to have a stable society? A society that you know enjoys the um, the comforts that we have in our in our houses and you know what's what's actually financially viable for those families to live with those those creature comforts so you know we're talking about a, a transition uh i think what you're re referring to is is a transition to renewables can that happen overnight i don't think so 
uh, you know, there's a high dependence on natural gas and, and oil. Um, but at the same time, we have a, a responsibility to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're using those resources in the most efficient ways possible. And there's a lot of technology innovations out there to, to make that happen. Um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, natural gas and, and oil has a huge role to play in, in the quality of life we experience, not only in North America, but all over the world. Um, it's, it's pulling countries out of poverty uh, be, because, you know, you're able to, to, to use that energy density and, and uh, bring that quality of life to, to third world countries. Um, so there is, there is a transition to renewables um, and, uh, you know, natural gas and oil has, has a part to play in that transition. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's a, it's a supply demand question. And, and like you said, what, is, what does the market really need? And how do we not only provide the energy that people that have access to energy today need, but also the energy that the billions of people today that don't have access to energy need while figuring out those fit for purpose solutions for renewables where, where their place is. Um, I totally agree. I think it's going to be a mix for sure. Thinking more, John, about leadership in general, obviously this is the go lead everything podcast. I want, want to hear kind of your thoughts just at a high level on leadership and what leadership means to you, not only in your role at TC, but maybe in your personal life as well. Sure. And, you know, that, it, that's another excellent question. You, you ask that to any single leader that, you know, you, you, you tag as a leader and they're going to have a, a, a different opinion, a different perspective on, on what leadership is. Um, my focus is really on understanding what makes people tick and understanding, you know, playing to people's strengths, understanding their weaknesses, um, and, and seeking to, you know, improve and find the best, you know, uh, potential in, in everyone. Um, I've had some really excellent mentors throughout, um, you know, high school, through university, uh, at TC Energy, um, people even in my, my volunteer experiences outside of, outside of work. Um, all these people have something to offer um, that, you know, really helps develop me as, a, as, a, as an individual to become a better person. Um, whether that might be becoming more efficient at work and, you know, more effective or, you know, growing in, uh, in, in my personal life and just, you know, could be time management, could be, um, you know, you know, we're both, we're both men of faith. So, you know, there's, there's people in our, in our lives that, you know, impact, you know, virtue and, and how we grow in that. So, um, I, I go back to, you know, how are we as leaders, watching out for everyone else and how are we developing people around us? You know, we've, we've been gifted with, you know, observing um, excellent um, methods and, and uh, approaches from other people that we could pick up and, you know, we read about, we observe and we, and we execute them ourselves to try and, you know, solve social issues or, you know, relationship uh, issues. Um, how are we sharing that knowledge with other people? So, um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, leadership is really knowing how to uh, develop those around you and, and striving towards that. And you're not going to be perfect at it. Um, and I don't think you'll ever be perfect at it. But, you know, trying to, to make sure that um, you're rising up or developing people around you 
uh, and not just focusing on yourself. I totally agree. And I was talking with Heather Parody the other day on, on the podcast. She, she's the host of the Unconventional Leaders podcast. We talk a little bit about family and, and how, you know, I know you're a father and a family man. And, and to me that, you know, speaking to our faith background, that fatherhood piece is really such a huge aspect of leadership. It's train, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it, he or she. And, um, you know, I just think it's, it, that's really what leaders do. It's all about, you know, helping people and building up people to head in the way they need to go and, and almost giving them a vision for a better version of themselves. I, I'd agree with that. You know, I think, you know, part and parcel is, you know, how are we, how are we behaving in, you know, almost all situations, you know, there, there really isn't a, um, a time, a time frame where, you know, you should really break from yourself or your character and what you, what you hold in your convictions. Um, because, you know, people, people observe that and, uh, you know, they'll be influenced either negatively or positively. So, you know, talking about, you know, leading your family, you know, being a good example for your kids, um, you know, maybe there's disagreements you have with your wife. Maybe it's not, not the right time to have that with your, with your kids because, you know, they, they don't need to be, you know, hearing about disagreements. Um, and that's, that there's a certain time and place for that. You know, you, you mentioned about, uh, you know, giving constructive feedback to people. Uh, in one of your posts, uh, you know, setting aside any constructive feedback as, you know, one-on-one -on -one rather than a large group. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of prudence in, you know, when you say things or how you approach certain situations and, uh, and how you're acting with other folks because it can positively or negatively impact uh, relationships. Yeah, I think taking great care with how you communicate, when you communicate, timing plays a huge piece. I, I totally agree with you. I'm curious, speaking of timing, I think about the Canadian culture versus our culture here in the U S and I have my perspective on it. Um, and personally, I love the Canadian culture. Talk a little bit about the differences in U S versus Canadian culture from, from the Canadian perspective. I would say that um, Canadians like to find consensus, if that makes sense, before moving forward on any, any sort of decision. Um, and then on, on the American side, um, you don't necessarily need consensus. If something makes sense, you've got, if you've convinced someone that, uh, you know, this is the right thing to do, they may not need consensus with other people, but they'll, they'll just go after it. They'll say, you know what, this makes sense, we'll, we'll go and do it. So, you know, I think there's, there's strengths and weaknesses to both approaches, um, especially in, in large organizations. Um, and, you know, I would, that, would, that would probably be my, my observation is, uh, uh, you know, consensus versus, um, you know, taking, taking the bull by the horns is, is, would be the, the metaphor I would, would have for, you know, what I've seen for, from, you know, my American counterparts. And, you know, I, I admire that, you know, if you, if you have conviction in something and you believe in it, just go for it. Yeah, I, I think you're right that there's a, and, and I refer to it as a, a friendliness. There's a patience and friendliness in the Canadian culture that I don't think there's necessarily a lack of friendliness or patience on the American side, but um, 
the European sort of culture, the Canadian culture, which is has its European roots. I mean, I guess we all do have our European roots, but um, really think there is a sort of a friendliness and a patience to the Canadian culture that um, I think it's a good thing in, in most instances, but um, I do, I do think there is that time to grab the bull by the horns and move too. So like you said, it, they both have their advantages and, and I think it's timing, you know, I think there's a place to get consensus and I think there's a place to move and, and maybe not take the time to get consensus. So it's, it's all about that timing for sure. Yeah. What's the best totally. place you've ever traveled? The best place I've ever traveled. Um, I wasn't ready. Not really ready for that question. Um, I switched it up on you. Uh, one of one of the most beautiful places um, I've ever been to is actually St. John's, Newfoundland. I was there for a, a week for an engineering conference when I was in um, in university, and uh, I was in there in the, the dead of winter. Uh, it was January. It was cold, um, but it you know St. John's, Newfoundland is just a beautiful little uh, east east coast town. Um, very friendly people. And, uh, you know, it was, it was picture perfect. All these little small, small houses along the shore or along in downtown with different colors. And just, it's got this, this, uh, East coast feel to it. Um, that's probably one of the most beautiful places in the winter that I've ever been to. Um, so yeah, that would be, that would be high on, high on my list of, you know, one of the best places I've been to. Super cool. Super cool. Yeah. We, we, my wife and I went to Santorini, Greece, which traveling out of North America for the first time was really eye opening, um, especially to Europe and seeing, seeing all these things that have so much history. And, and I really think traveling has an awesome way to change your perspective on the world. And, um, you know, it's really helped me being a part of a Canadian company like TC Energy, you know, just, just in within North America, seeing the, the cultural differences across people that you know I, I always think of Calgary as kind of the Denver of Canada well it's kind of like a mix of Denver and Houston you know it's got the Houston energy culture in the Denver atmosphere but um, I've always just been fat, fascinated with how uh, cultural differences vary from from country to country and um, I think it's a great growth opportunity for leaders when they're, when they're trying to be emotionally intelligent and trying to understand how people tick to go get experience in other countries and other cultures and, and really broaden their horizons with, uh, with the variety of how different people tick. McDonald, what's the, what's the uh, heritage of, of McDonald, the McDonald name? And uh, obviously you're a tall white male, very similar to me. And there's certain advantages of being tall. Um, so what, what's the McDonald heritage and, and what are the advantages and disadvantages of being tall? Well, you know, the, the background is my, uh, you know, my, my grandfather uh, had a lot of heritage from, from Scotland, you know, in his, in his family tree. Uh, but there was also a lot of mix um, from, uh, from French blood and, you know, very, very European blood. The mother's side is completely uh, Czech. Uh, so back when it was Czechoslovakia, you know, we had, we had immigrants that came over to, to Canada. Um, but what's also interesting is, you know, I, I'm considered 
uh, Métis within, uh, within Canada. So I also have some um, um, Cree blood uh, in, in, my, in, my, in my, uh, my, my family tree. So I'm actually uh, considered uh, a somewhat of Aboriginal status within, within Canada. So I've got a little bit of mix of everything. Um, but pro predominantly, you know, uh, roots from uh, from Europe uh, and and immigrant families. But uh, yeah, the McDonald name, strong strong Scottish name. Uh, my uh, my grandfather, he was uh, actually five foot one, very short man. Uh, but uh, boy, boy, did he pack a punch in terms of uh, his personality. Uh, as, as my mom would put it, he's got personality plus. He uh, he didn't let anyone uh, pull a fast one on him, and uh, he, he's got that that Scottish uh, vigor. Has anybody ever so, told you that you look like Sean Bean or Liam Neeson? No, I haven't. I, I think haven't, I think you're uh, a you're a mix that. of Sean Bean and Liam Neeson, and it just hit me. So I had to look like up a, Sean Bean's name, though. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember his name. Action movie, uh, movie star that'll track down everyone that uh, crosses his path. To... Or a Jedi, or a Jedi Knight. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. For sure. Um, so being tall, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being tall? You know, disadvantages first and foremost. You know, I look over my dinner table right now. I'm looking at the refrigerator we have. Bending over uh, to just figure out if we've got milk in the fridge is uh, is a daily daily challenge. Um, but uh, you know, being being tall, I think uh, I think there's there's a lot of people that uh, you know see see being tall as, as a bit of an advantage. I, I guess I wouldn't know otherwise. Uh, I think I, I like the fact that you know I guess I can see over over people's shoulders if uh, crowd. Um, I think that the other challenge is actually finding shirts that uh, that that fit lengthwise. Um, so that is a disadvantage. You know, I've, I've got my I got my sleeves rolled up right now. It's it's uh, <laughs> it, it can be a it can be a huge challenge. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. I uh, so travel back when we could travel before COVID. Getting on planes can be tough, depending on the plane. It's, that's one disadvantage to being tall. Um, shopping, definitely finding clothes that fit. It can be challenging. I, um, luckily, I'm at like the peak of normal people clothes and don't have to like special order everything. But I can't imagine some of these really tall guys that have to like special order all their clothes. You know, it's just that'd be crazy. But uh, let's talk about some leadership phrases. And, and uh, well, I guess before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the five dysfunctions of a team. Cause that's something we've discussed many times. And I think we both read that through training at, at TC perhaps, or, or just in our personal growth, share your thoughts at a high level on, on Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team and, and uh, how that's been meaningful to you in your leadership. Yeah, sure. Um, the, the five dysfunctions of a team was actually introduced to um, a team build that we had earlier this year uh, might've been actually late, late last year. Um, and, you know, the thing that really resonated with me uh, the most, you know, uh, was around being vulnerable. 
um, and establishing trust. You know, that's, that's the pillar uh, that everything is built upon, um, you know, in, in, in Patrick's the model uh, for a high-performing team. If you don't trust each other, you're not going to be able to, you know, establish good lines of communication where you can actually take constructive feedback or give constructive feedback without worrying um, about the implications of, you know, the, the things that you're saying to, to try and solve a problem. Um, and that barrier around uh, conflict will hinder our ability to, to actually establish a commitment from people and, you know, hold accountability to uh, whatever we're, we're going to agree upon. So, you know, the foundation, I think, is the hardest piece to, to really tackle, especially when you come into a team where there's, there's baggage or personal baggage between people um, and being vulnerable uh, is, is challenging. I'll, I'll give you an example of, um, you know, one, one really great uh, leader that I, I recently saw in the organization uh, in this whole COVID situation. She shared the fact that, you know, all shared her personal life around, um, you know, the challenges she was having at home. She said, you know, I'm, we're, we're having scraps with, uh, with siblings. We're having my, you know, having scraps with my, um, my, my husband, you know, people are getting on each other's nerves in the house. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's stressful and it's, it's hard, you know, we're, we're all stuck in one house together. She shared this with multiple people within the organization. And, you know, this is, this is a leader within our, within our organization that was being vulnerable and communicating to people that it's okay to have struggles right now. Um, and it's okay to talk about it. And, you know, I think that that really opened up the door for people being more open with uh, what's happening at home. We're, we're in a work from home situation right now. People are juggling kids. People are juggling uh, challenges with uh, with their parents if, you know, they're, they're isolated. So there's a lot of stress going on. And we're still trying to continue, you know, what we're doing in our business environment. And then, you know, it took that leader to be vulnerable to, to really break down barriers for people. Um, and, uh, and, and make it okay to talk about, you know, the challenges that you're facing. So, you know, that, that's a long-winded way of me saying that, you know, we need, we need leaders to be vulnerable and um, be willing to, to share parts of, of their, um, of their personal thoughts uh, with, with others uh, so that they, they can be vulnerable as well. And, you know, that'll, that'll establish trust. And so, you know, I, I actually thank people when they are vulnerable uh, because in many cases it takes a lot of courage to do something that, uh, that you usually wouldn't do. Um, and that, that helps establish trust. You are so right on with this, John. I, I could not be prouder of the way our leadership at TC Energy has handled this pandemic. I think there's many instances, not only the, the individual you were speaking of, but, but in other parts of the different business units that have shown some terrific leadership and, and vulnerability during this time. And when I think about being vulnerable, one way that I've kind of framed it in my head is that you don't necessarily earn trust in my mind. Trust is freely given. 
and you can you can prove untrustworthy and break people's trust but but leaders really if they want their people to trust them they need to give trust first and and really take the lead on giving trust being vulnerable i think that's what that is it's it's being vulnerable and putting faith in your people to appreciate your leadership and and follow you and um I think you absolutely nailed that, John. You're, you're right on about the vulnerability piece for sure. Anything on leadership that we haven't covered, John, that has been really impactful to you that you would want to share with the world here today? Sure. Um, one thing that actually I got two, two pieces that I want to share. Uh, one was, uh, you know, I had a, had a mentorship coach in, in university when I was, uh, Part of an engineering student society at the University of Calgary. That was a. I was a. Pres- I was a president. You know, the, the year year before I graduated, uh, and that was that was a team that I led. Uh, but, but in that in that leadership uh, training, uh, he actually handed a a book to me. Uh, you might have heard of it, the Five Love Languages, and it talks about um, people's preferences um, around you know communication or you know feeling feeling wanted. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, there's things like touch, there's things like, um, you know, ad, 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 admiration, I, I forget all of them. Um, but, you know, pe- people actually react to different, um, different senses and different approaches um, than what you actually prefer uh, as, as an individual. So that five log languages book really opened up my eyes, not just about, you know, uh, relationships that you have with a, the potential spouse or, or your spouse, um, but actually relationships with everyone because everyone has different uh, perspectives and uh, uh, different, how shall I say, preferences in the way that uh, they're communicated with. Um, some people react to physical touch. Like uh, some people would say, I'd rather get a pat on the back than you know an attaboy in an email. And to, un, to, to actually understand that uh, with people that you're working with um, is, is so important uh, when you're establishing, you know, meaningful re- relationships with people. You've got, you got to know what, uh, what resonates with them and also you got to know what, uh, what, what ticks them off so that you're not actually, um, you, know, you know, creating conflict. Um, so I think that's that's one aspect that good leaders need to um, strive for is is understanding how um, how the perspectives of other people are in many cases completely different than your own worldview. And um, so you know I'd suggest to people to maybe read that five love languages and you know maybe filter out the 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 relationship aspects and then apply it to you know your your relationships that with people that you have in your in your work or um, in, in your family life, uh, or just in, in general. You are um, so right on with that. And Gary V, I don't know if you listen to Gary, he's, he's pretty, uh, pretty popular these days, mixed reviews on him, but I, I like a lot of this stuff. And, and one of the things he talks about is leaders just asking their people, like, what, like, what is it that's going to motivate you? And I don't know many leaders that take the time to sit down and really do what you just described and, and ask their people, like, how do they want to be communicated with and how do they, you know, want to receive praise and, and what type of feedback are they looking for? And, 
you know, I think that's such a effective way to just open up, be vulnerable and, and be willing to sacrifice and say, it's not about the way Phil wants it done. It's not about saying what Phil wants to say. It's about the communicating the message in a way that the people you're communicating to are going to receive it and hear it. And, you know, I think that's just so wise, John. I think you, I think you nailed that for sure. You said there was another one you wanted to share. Yeah. Um, there's, there's another, another book that I've been, uh, I've been reading. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's really focused around, um, you know, knowing your why and, you know, why you're doing things. And, you know, when you're, when you're trying to communicate something to folks um, and you actually don't know your, your quote unquote elevator speech or your why statement as to why you want to actually execute something, it can be hard to, to win the hearts and minds of people uh, for, uh, for what your why is. And in some cases, you may not be able to actually articulate your why, and it actually has to be through uh, a symbol or, you know, really, really understanding your audience and knowing what they need. And innately, it ends up being um, something symbolic uh, that, that you, really, um, you really use to, to, to further a certain cause. So one example that I was thinking about last night before we got into the podcast is what's something that I've been involved with um, where, you know, I'm really proud of, you know, the, I guess the legacy that I left behind, you know, one, one thing that really, you know, excites me in, in terms of getting involved with, uh, with various uh, leadership roles is what is the legacy I want to leave behind and um, how am I going to leave uh, a place better than what I found it? So, I mentioned that I was the engineering student society president back in, uh, in university. And, uh, this was a really great development opportunity. You know, I, I was just starting out in, in, uh, you know, trying to, to hone my, my interpersonal skills with people. And this is just a, a wonderful opportunity to develop, uh, interpersonal relationships with people, figure out how people tick, uh, figure out how to work, uh, an organizational structure and, you know, when you're volunteering, there really isn't too much risk involved with trying new things out. If I tried something really risky in my current role and fail miserably, you know, that, that, that doesn't work too well from, from a career standpoint. But when you're in a volunteer position, you get to try, you know, new things and, and, and be a little bit more risky. Um, so one thing I, I go back to is I, I recognize that, um, you know, there was a, a huge um, huge component of engineering. I don't know how it is done in the States, but in engineering schools, there was a lot of pride around being an engineer. Um, and, you know, historically there was a lot of, you know, a lot of partying and a lot of, um, you know, antics that you'd see from engineers. And as I was, as I went into university, I started to observe a trend um, where there was a lot less antics and a lot less partying and a lot more focused on, academics and getting involved in doing volunteering and, um, you know, having, having a lot of development on, um, you know, the interpersonal side, you know, this, I was at the time I was at university, I was seeing this transition where there's a lot of people, you know, that were in the partying and, um, and uh, antics phase, but they were saying, you know, we're starting to see this die off and it feels like our engineering engineering culture is just disappearing in front of us 
And I went, I went back and thought to myself, you know, they feel like they're losing a sense of community. Just observing in general that they feel like they're losing a sense of community. But there's so many people that are passionate about, um, you know, developing their, their interpersonal skills and, and volunteering and giving back to the community. And, you know, what can we do to, um, to sustain this, this, this holistic sense of community within, within the engineering school? Um, and I don't know if you've, you've, you've observed some of the, the, the various engineering schools in, in Canada, but they have a lot of different traditions. Like in, in Queens out, out east, they've got purple jackets that are originally yellow and they dye them purple and they, they kick these things home in their, in their frosh week. And there's, there's all sorts of things. But I've never heard of that. You know, <laughs> but anyways, there's, there's all, these, all these special you know, awesome. symbol, symbols for, uh, for, for these engineers that you know, they, sure. wear these, they wear these, these coats everywhere. And it's, it's a symbol of you know, a community that they belong to. We didn't have any symbol at the University of Calgary. Um, and, you know, I, I recognized that we needed something. And I, I talked to a, a gal that was, uh, that was on the committee as, or on, on the Engineering Student Society Council as well. And we were saying, well, could we wear cowboy hats? Because we're from Calgary. We got the Calgary Stampede. Would everyone wear that? Um, not everyone wears cowboy hats in, in Calgary. But we said, you know, it's, it's cold here. And what would be something that both guys and gals would wear? So we said, you know what, maybe we'll make an engineering scarf. Um, and this is, this is something that'll, that'll be loud and, you know, people will identify us as engineers. And, you know, it, it had a lot of pushback. People be like, there's no way that's going to that's gonna stick. Um, so here, you know, we, I ended up convincing the faculty that this is, this is something that, you know, uh, would, would promote our our university culture so we had the the university of calgary and Schulich school of engineering put on one end of the scarf and then the logo for our engineering student society and i said you know if you hand out if you stop spending money on all of these trinkets for all the frost students and you actually start handing out these scarves and welcome them into the engineering community and say you know if there's if there's volunteering opportunities that you guys pursue you, you can get badges or you know you know, badges of honor around, you know, what, what you've contributed back to the community. And so it was, it was an idea. We had a scarfing ceremony where we gave it to all the new engineers that came into the, into the university. And, um, it, uh, it was a great success. Um, last night when I was on LinkedIn, I saw the chemical engineering student society, you know, pictures of, you know, young 20 year olds, um, you know, really uh, wearing this exact same scarf. And that's, that's well over, you know, 10 years ago. I think it was about 10 years ago we started that, that tradition. And there's that's that awesome, sense man. of community that is still there. Um, so, you know, I think, I think leaders need to understand, you know, what's, what's potentially lacking that, you know, uh, there's a gap and is, is there a creative way to actually, you know, fill that void. Um, and, um, you know, that, that's, that's one thing that, uh, I point back to is, um, what is a symbol that everyone will believe in, um, and, and will follow what's, what's concrete and, you know, really 
really exemplifies our why. So, you know, why do we have a scarf? It's because we believe in the community that we have at uh, the Schulich School of Engineering. And everyone uh, that isn't an engineer knows exactly what it is. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a little story I wanted to share. Yeah, that's awesome, man. My, my younger brother's at, at Texas A&M. He's an Aggie. He just got his Aggie ring. And everybody down here knows if, if you're not an Aggie, we all think the Aggies are annoying. But if, if you are an Aggie, then, I mean, you, there's no denying how cool the Aggie culture is and how strong their community is. And, you know, that ring is such a big thing for them to get their Aggie ring. And I'm so proud of, of James for getting it. But, you know, it, it's super cool what, you've, what you did to create that and that sense of pride and ownership. And, and I think it's, you know, it's not about the scarf, like you said, it's about the why. It's about this represents that purpose, that values, those values you know, and I think, I think TC Energy, for one, has been really good at that. I think their values are strong, and especially their safety culture is just absolutely incredible. And, you know, some of these things start off, and they're a little clunky, and I remember coming to TC, and, and you know, safety was always important for sure. But seeing how we've grown and our safety culture has grown, and they've really ingrained those values in their, in their culture, I think they've done a tremendous job. And, uh, you know, kudos to you for your, for your scarf, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you're completely right. Um, you know, our, our, our company, why is, you know, we're, we're there to provide, um, to, to deliver ener energy to people every day. Um, and every, every individual that's part of our organization contributes to that end. Um, whether it's from an engineering perspective or, we're taking a look at making the most reliable pipelines and safe pipelines as possible. Or, you know, the, the folks on, on the commercial side, you know, making sure that we've got, you know, capital to raise to make sure that, you know, we're, we're continuing to grow and provide, uh, you know, additional capacity for, for future customers. It's, it, it, it's all interconnected and you need to have that, that, that foundational why uh, to, and a rallying cry uh, to get people uh, to, to unite to a common cause. All right, we're going to do rapid fire. I'm going to give you a popular phrase that is potentially associated with leadership or growth or networking or whatever. And I want to hear your, your opinions on these. It's all about who you know. My opinion on it's all about who you know. Mm -hmm. um, Have you heard that before? I have heard about it before, um, and it, it's got a negative connotation. So um, I almost immediately think about old old boys club. Um, you know, it's some sort of some sort of secret password, and you know, once you're in, you're in. Um, and uh, you know, one sentiment is, I think that's a little bit cynical. You know, I think maybe it's from the outside looking in. Um, I'd, I'd encourage people that maybe use that, that terminology as, you know, maybe why are these people communicating with each other so much? Um, are they, are they vulnerable? Are they, are they interested in the same things? Um, you know, inherently we are, we are creatures that need to have, uh, interactions. We're seeing that right now in this whole COVID situation, people are getting stir crazy because they're not getting social interactions. So, you know, if, if, if you're, if you feel like 
uh, you're on the outside looking in, maybe look at yourself inside and say, you know, is, is there, is there a way I can open up some opportunities to talk to people and, uh, and see how they tick? Man, you're right on that. That's so important to look at yourself. And Jordan Peterson talks about this, another Canadian. I don't know if he's a friend of yours or or not, but, um, I like some of Jordan's stuff, but he, he talks about, you know, fix yourself. And, uh, you know, I think that's great. I also think too, it's not all about who, you know, it's about who knows you and what they think of you. So I think, I think reputation is everything. And, um, all right. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Uh, firm believer in that. Um, you know, if, if you, if you let you, if you let yourself get shared, uh, scared by your shadow, um, or, you know, you don't do things that scare you, um, you're not going to see growth. So I, I shared with you before this podcast, I've, I've never been on a, a video interview podcast and you asked me, John, do you want to do this? And I said, yes. And then you, I think you said, I sent some hesitation there. I said, yes, I'll do it because it scares me. Um, so, you know, you do need to believe in yourself that you're going to be able to grow, uh, and, and without, you know, facing adversity or struggles, uh, there is no room for growth. Look at you being vulnerable. I like it. I like it. We already covered trust. Hard work pays off. Totally. Uh, no, nothing is, uh, is earned in this world without good hard work. Um, and if, uh, if, if people are getting it for free, I'd be curious as to how they were, you know, shiftily, uh, you know, getting, getting that anyways. Um, I I think hard, hard work pays off. Like the the fact that we are working hard at, uh, at TC energy or anyone that's providing for their family, um, there's a means to an end and, you know, um, Hard work uh, develops virtue um, in, in all aspects, and uh, you know the you know gold gold is refined in a, in a fire, and you got to work at, uh, at at making yourself better. We're talking about leadership development here. There's there's pain in personal growth. Uh, you have to stretch yourself. Uh, hard work does pay off in in aspects of of uh, personal growth. Yeah, I totally agree. I would, I would say you got to work hard at the right things though. That would be my one caveat. John, you've been a fantastic guest. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Final thoughts and where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Um, thank, thanks, Phil. This has been a, a really awesome experience. It's gone by so quick. Um, Final thoughts. I, I love your your uh, your sentiment of go lead everything. Uh, it's not just saying go lead specifically in your area of influence at work. It's uh, go lead everything. If you if you want to go uh, find some volunteering opportunities and impact people in your own communities, go for it. Um, you know, if if you don't have time to uh, to get out and volunteer and you're you're really hammered at work, uh, you've got a family work on being a good leader for your family. You know, I I don't think I've met any man or any, any woman that that can say our our family's perfect. Uh, But you look inside yourself and you know, there's always room for growth. Um, 
if you can, uh, as to where to find me, um, not a big social media guy other than uh, going on, on LinkedIn. So if you want to, if you want to hit me up on uh, on LinkedIn, you can search up John McDonald, uh, TC Energy. Awesome, John. Well, thanks for coming on and you stay true. Keep going and leading everything, my friend. And we'll see you at the next uh, TC meeting or whenever we set up another virtual coffee. Awesome. Thanks, you, Phil. Have a good one. If you enjoyed today's show, give it a five-star rating, follow, subscribe, and head on over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more about the Go Lead Everything movement. For more great content daily, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RealPhilSwanson, Facebook and LinkedIn at PhilipSwanson, and for videos of these episodes and other great video content daily, subscribe to the Philip Swanson channel on YouTube. That's Philip with one L like the Bible. Now go lead everything.